Hello and welcome to the Viva Wellness Podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Thank you for joining us. Happy, well, it will be March by the time this comes out, but we made it through two months of 2021. That's exciting. One month closer to normalcy, I hope. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So we want to talk today about the idea of failure, which Mm -hmm. is really not very uplifting sounding as I now say it, but I promise it's actually going to be helpful and not just like a total downer conversation about, you know, all the ways we could screw up. That's Mm -hmm. not what we're going to talk about. Right. Um, We want to talk about embracing failure, not in the sense of like toxic positivity and all that crap where it's like, oh, it's fine. Failure teaches me my great life lessons and I love it. No, that's, that's nonsense. Um, but we want to talk about how you can embrace it as a not great feeling, but inevitable part of life, Mm -hmm. because I think what ends up happening is people become too fearful of this idea of failure and whatever it means to them. And so they don't try anything or Mm -hmm. they don't do anything new, or they don't say what they mean to say to somebody and they're not living an authentic life essentially. And I think it all comes back to this idea of like, what if it goes wrong? Mm -hmm. Uh, So we wanna talk about that, of how you can avoid that stopping you from something you really wanna do. And I think the first thing is the difference between how do you know if it's a fear or, a genuine concern or hesitation or something that doesn't feel right in your gut. Right. And I think those are really similar mm-hmm. because it's all really fear if you think about it. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a difference between I don't want to apply for this job and make this career leap because I genuinely don't feel ready. I, it's not a good time in my life for the change or the extra added responsibility versus I fear I'm making a wrong decision and therefore I'm not going to even try. Like those Mm -hmm. are two very different things. And I think the first thing is to, I don't want to say get really good at, because I don't know that anyone's really good at it, but start improving on recognizing the difference. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think that just starts with questioning it, like without judgment, right? Just sort of like thinking, like, what what am I feeling? Where is this coming from? What does it mean? Kind of thing. Yeah, I'm very big on the why. I feel like almost everything in life comes back to the why. And we often don't spend long enough really thinking about it. We're just like, oh, I'm scared, for example. And so, well, if I'm scared, I must not, I shouldn't do it. It must not be a good decision. Right. Well, that's not necessarily true, right? Right. Because I think it's the next level down of why, why are you fearful of this, right? And really sitting with it and also recognizing that it's okay to be scared of the outcome. It's okay to be in a place where you're like, you know what, I'm just really fearful. It's not gonna go well. And wow, how awful would that be, right? Mm -hmm. If you start a business, for example, and you get these images in your head of six months or six years later, even having to say to family, friends, people who know you that, oh, you had to close the business, right? You're back working for a company versus working for yourself. Like that is actually kind of a terrifying thought because that like, sounds triggered. Right. Triggered. You know, I actually didn't mean to use that example. Um, I make it so personal, but that's what happened. So we'll go uh-huh. with it. <laughs> 
but that's terrifying. Nobody wants to do that. And that's the fear is real. And yeah. we have that anxiety. We have that fear as a survival mechanism, right? We're supposed mm-hmm. to be scared of things that could cause us harm. Right. That is how we don't run into traffic. Right. We need that in us, but it's that deeper level of understanding and questioning that can move you past it. So it's not holding you back. If actually all it is, is that fight or flight response and not really based in the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always t- try and think about it whenever, I mean, this is probably true for any emotion really, but I always try and think about it as like, okay, so what is the fear trying to tell me? Like what, like what's the message? What is it really about kind of like getting to that why? That's, that's what I often think about is like, well, okay, so it's fear or anxiety, but about what specifically, right? And then that helps me kind of pull the thread. Yeah, that's a really good point is to ask yourself exactly what you're scared of. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the worst thing that could happen, yeah. right? And I think that can do one of two things is that you can, in all kinds of situations, but especially in this one, you can ask yourself that and learn that the worst thing that could happen is actually not that bad, mm-hmm. um, right? Like maybe that's what you come up with and you're like, oh, that's the worst thing? No, that's not awful. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is really terrible, mm-hmm. but then you can learn a way to manage that if it yeah. were to come up, mm-hmm. right? Maybe the worst thing that could happen it actually sounds pretty nightmarish. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Sometimes outcomes can be pretty nightmarish, but what would you do if that happens? Right. And not to say it wouldn't be bad. It's not realistic to think that you're going to make this plan that's going to make a nightmarish situation go from that to fine, mm-hmm. but maybe it's manageable. Maybe you could get through it if the worst thing were to happen and it's not as terrible as the potential reward. Well, without looking at what the worst case scenario could actually be, you would never get there. So you have to go and sit with what's underneath that and what you're actually fearful of happening in order to figure out like, okay, well, that would be pretty bad, but is there a potential solution? Because if that's the case, cool. Mm -hmm. Solutions are great. Yeah. And I think to me, most things are actually manageable in some way. And I think that that's what's really, this This is the uplifting part of the podcast, <laughs> is that like, I think what's so amazing about humans is that we are actually so much more resilient than we give ourselves credit for. And like, there are so many things that we can come back from. And yeah, obviously we might need different resources or different um, you know sources of support in order to rebound. But man, like we can do really great things if we just give ourselves space to try and rebound and recover. And yeah, if we don't think about how you can manage a situation, if that, you know, that catastrophe came true, then you never really get to think about how resilient you are and how you can be, um, which I think we forget a lot. So. Yeah, absolutely. I would 100% agree with that is that you're usually stronger than you think you are. Mm-hmm. And a good way to assess that is just look back. And I know this sounds like a really, why would you ever <laughs> want to do this exercise? But it's look true. back on other tough things you have gotten through, mm-hmm. right? Think of your worst possible moment. And I, I know not a fun thing to do, but is the worst possible scenario in what you're maybe attempting to do worse than that? Mm-hmm. If it's not, well, you've gotten through worse. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you could do this. Mm-hmm. And it's just figuring out 
what actually would happen and is it really that bad or is it really that devastating and by devastating, I don't mean the emotion. I mean, like, will it leave your life in ruins? Probably right. not. It'll probably be hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to take away from that. Cause again, you're not going to feel great if a worst case scenario happens, like literally just listen to the name, the worst case scenario mm-hmm. probably feels worse. That's why it's called that, mm-hmm. but you can get through it. You've probably gotten through worst case scenarios in the past and it was fine, or at least it turned out fine, right? Mm-hmm. You're still here, you're still standing, all your limbs are intact and all your organs are still there, hopefully. Um, and if they're not, you're still standing. So either way, mm-hmm. that's a great example. <laughs> if you had to go through a situation in which someone had to remove an organ, my guess is you can get through whatever you want to do that scares you right now. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty fair comparison, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like organ loss is pretty traumatizing. So. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, I'm not trying to go through all the worst possible scenarios, but <laughs> like, you know, that one just kind of came up and I think it works. Yeah. I think another good point is asking yourself what could go right? Mm-hmm. I tried to not make that sound like the cliche because I think that's a meme that floats around of like, well, what could go right instead of what could go wrong? Mm-hmm. And yes, <laughs> I think sometimes it's met in a very like floofy type of way. Yeah. But genuinely ask yourself that, right? I think we, because of that survival mechanism, we immediately think of like, here are all the ways that this could be just terrible. Yeah. But what are the benefits? And then you ask yourself, how likely are those to happen versus the negative? And maybe there are some risks, but at the same time, maybe those risks aren't as probable as the potential benefits that you're going to get from taking whatever action you want to take. Or maybe the benefits are just so amazing, it becomes worth it and it's more balanced in your mind as to not just being this terrifying thing, but it's this terrifying thing that could really just be the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. And that deserves some time too. Because I think, you know, you don't want to be overly optimistic of like, oh, let me just sink like my life savings into this crazy investment. Like what could go wrong? (laughs) A lot of things probably go wrong. Mm. You don't want to be just, you know, completely oblivious to potential risk reward. But I also think we just don't spend enough time with, you know, calculated risks, Mm -hmm. thinking about the benefits that we could get from maybe not playing it safe in that particular moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, I think all of what we're talking about is highlighting for me, like that, um, like risk is not inherently bad. It is, it just is risk exists. And, you know, there are obviously potential negative consequences and then there are potential gains and we are hardwired to, think of those potential negative consequences more readily. So if you do that, like, hey, you're normal, chill out. (laughs) But, you know, if you feel like you can't stop doing that, then maybe you need some support in like working through that. But one of the things you can try is, you know, just as Rachel is saying here is think about, well, what if things went well? What if this turned out good? What would that look like? What would happen? And even just the exercise of doing that like thought experiment, I found like, you know, especially in like sessions with clients helps you feel more hopeful 
um, it, it creates the possibility or reminds you of the possibility that things might work out for the best. And then that almost enables you to actually get a fuller picture of the potential risks and gains rather than um, just thinking about the negative consequences because that's that's normally just easier to think of in the moment. Yeah, and it's not excessive optimism because both are right. true, right? right. It could go right and it could go wrong. Right. So actually what you're doing is the more realistic picture Yeah. compared to just focusing on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. And I think the other point after kind of figuring out like why are you scared and you recognize it and you go okay this isn't something where it's not the right decision for me but rather I'm just scared it's just it's a scary thing to do right taking a big leap whether that's with career or family or relationships or you know personal growth right maybe you want to sell your house and travel the world for a year right I think mm-hmm. you know that's maybe that's your post-pandemic plan because you're mm-hmm. like YOLO mm-hmm. um do people still say YOLO I probably not <laughs> I, just, I don't know so it's fine you get the point yes but anything like that that is outside of your norm is going to be a risk and you've assessed like okay it's just that risk it's not anything about me making a decision that doesn't feel right for me or isn't uh authentically what I want I think there's this myth of that all these people who are taking big risks, and I also don't even just mean big life changes, right? Getting up and speaking publicly in mm-hmm. a setting, um, telling someone that you love them, right? You've been dating someone for a little while and you're like, hey, I want to tell them that I love them. That's mm-hmm. scary. Yep. All kinds of day-to-day things are terrifying as well, not just like massive life changes. And I think the myth is that all these people who are doing those things are doing them really chill and calm and collected and just really confident and feeling good about themselves. And that's a lie. Yeah. That's not what's happening. Uh, I mean, maybe some people are really chill and fine. And I think everyone gets nervous about different things. Like I genuinely Mm -hmm. believe like in public speaking, for example, I think there are some people who are just like, that's fine. It doesn't phase them. Right. Right. But something else might. Right. Um, so it's not about the individual tasks. I think obviously, like I said, people respond differently to different things, but there are people taking big risks for them and they're not calm while they do it. Mm-hmm. They're actually pretty scared would be my guess. And this comes to the point of the idea that sometimes you just have to do it scared. Mm-hmm or anxious or Mm -hmm. frustrated or terrified or whatever word you want to put in there. You just have to do it with that emotion. And I think there's a huge misconception, and maybe this is a different podcast episode, about how difficult emotions or even strong emotions cripple you. Mm -hmm. That if you're super anxious, you cannot do anything while you're anxious. You have Mm -hmm. to stop and just sit there and be anxious and miserable. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is overwhelming. Grief comes to mind with that, where it's just this overwhelming emotion and you're not really able to do anything but sit in that emotion. But I don't think that that's always the case. And we tend to treat it like it's always the case of that if you're scared, it must not be the thing to do. And Mm -hmm. I say to clients all the time with various situations, The question to ask yourself is, are you waiting to be ready or are you waiting for it to feel easier? Mm -hmm. Because you can be ready or not ready 
you got to be ready to take a big risk and whatever comes afterwards, right? Like that is something to mentally prepare yourself for. I don't recommend people just like wake up and impulsively make life changes. Right. Think it through a little bit first, like prep yourself. But something scary may never not be scary. And so it may never feel easier until you do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the question to ask yourself as well is, are you waiting to be ready or are you waiting for it to feel easier or yeah. easy? Because yeah. it's not going to. Some things you just have to do scared, right? Uh, the high dive comes to mind. Oh my God. As kids. Do, oh, I, I was going to say. Also triggered. Have you ever? Would you ever? Do of course ever? not. No. I didn't know if that extended to your childhood. Jarell does not do heights. For I don't do hi- I don't do heights and I don't do deep bodies of water. Oh my God. I didn't even think of that. Right. That's like your nightmare. Right. <laughs> Like when I've seen movies with like high diving in it, I like, I, I am physically uncomfortable. So never even as a kid? Mm-mm. Never. Mm-mm. Nope. Not ever cross your mind as a thing to do. Okay. I'm not playing those games. Um, no. And I assume as an adult, literally would never. Absolutely not. Okay. Yep. But this is actually a really good example. <laughs> I didn't realize the depth, pun intended, right. that it had. But so for Jarrell, if he comes to a high dive, is just that's not the right decision for Jarrell. Like, nope. I'm gonna tell a quick story and you might be mad at me, but then I'll mm. move on to the mm. actual point. We went snorkeling in the ocean, like not the shore, the ocean, mm-hmm. on a trip in the Dominican Republic once. And Jarrell, to his credit, all the kudos in the world, got on this boat and attempted to go with us, mm-hmm. despite the fact, as he just mentioned, no deep water. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will also say, <laughs> that as soon as the boat docked, docked, anchored, whatever. Mm. And we all were like putting our faces in the water and looking at all the pretty fish. Jarrell clung to the side of the boat and was like, you just tell me when this experience is done. Like, mm-hmm. I don't wanna see fish. I don't wanna look down. I don't wanna move. You tell me when I can get back in the boat and we will go back to land. Not yeah. the right decision, right? Like that, nobody enjoyed that. I Correct me if I'm wrong. That's not a thing you're gonna do again. No, it's not a thing I would do again. But for me, it was, it was one of those situations is I I have this thing with myself that like, I also allow myself to be surprised by myself. Yeah, you had to say you did it once. Yeah, you had to try. Yeah. But even though I was scared. Right. But in the future, like that would be a frightening situation. That is probably the fear of like, you know what, I fear this because it is not something I actually want to do. Mm hmm. Very different than like, okay, we're going to go back to the high dive, right? And so mm-hmm. now knowing the story, if you come across a high dive, I don't know that that's a thing like you really, you've questioned that, right? Like right. I feel fear at this massively high diving board because like, I don't like any of this and there's no perceived benefit to me in this moment. So right. like, I'm going to pass. Right. Whereas like, I love, I don't know that I love heights, but I love anything water. Like mm-hmm. I could be, I used to want to be a mermaid when I was a kid. That would be like, and actually maybe still a little bit. Of it that. is now a profession. So there's that. No, but like a real one. I like, know. like Ariel who lived right. under the sea, which like, don't get me started on Ariel's. Yeah. Horrible. Different, different podcasts. Like, different podcasts. <laughs> that was a horrible, horrible life decision. Like you don't give up living under the sea for literally anyone. Mm. Anyway, I might still feel fear as I climb the ladder to the high dive. Cause I actually, actually really don't like ladders. Um, but 
I know that that's just the thing of like, it scares me because I'm like 12 feet up in the air mm-hmm. higher, maybe, I don't even know, but you're supposed to be scared if you're right. that far up in the air. Right. But then when I do it, it's going to be super fun. Mm-hmm. And so use that as the gauge for future life decisions. Are you a Rachel on the high dive or are mm-hmm. you a Jarrell on the high dive? Mm-hmm. Because if you're a Rachel, maybe you just have to do it scared and right. know that that's just a part of life. But right. if you're a Jarrell, you know, maybe sit in the nice, comfortable lounge chair and wave. Yeah. That was like a really, I'm going to give myself a lot of credit for that metaphor. I did not have that planned, <laughs> but I think it worked pretty well. It did. Lastly, not really an assessment of how you figure out like how to embrace this idea of failure, but also recognize that it happens and it's part of being a person Yeah, and it's okay if it does. And it's not an indictment on you as a whole person. Um, attribute this to a former podcast guest and someone I'm pretty sure I've referenced frequently. My former karate instructor had many mantras and one of them was failure is an event, not a person. Nice. I thought so. You can fail at something, but it doesn't make you a failure, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you eat a sandwich, you're not a sandwich. That's (laughs) one thing does not define your person. Right. And so you can fail at a whole bunch of things. And honestly, that means you're trying stuff. Like no right. one gets it right on the first try with everything they do, unless they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So it's going to happen and that's okay. And something that can help is to actually share with people you trust that you're thinking of doing it and you'll get support. And my guess is hopefully a lot of encouragement because people in our lives that we love and who love us tend to see us a little bit clearer than we see ourselves sometimes. Right. But also you'll have someone you can go to if it does fail Right. to take care of yourself, right? Or to even just have a plan in place, even if it doesn't involve another person of what would I do? What would I need if this didn't work out? Mm-hmm. And to put that in place as much as possible or just have it in the back of your mind because it will happen you will fail at something that doesn't mean it won't succeed eventually. And that doesn't mean you're a failure as a human being and you should never try anything again. Right. But it's just something that is a part of life, like sandwich eating. I don't, I don't really know. I I mean, I don't really know a lot of people who have avoided sandwiches for their entire life. Like you got to eat a sandwich at some point. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't seem too emphatic about that, but I mean, every person after a certain age has consumed a sandwich. Sure. Point being an inevitable part of life and it's okay. And so if that's your only barrier, that's a really good time to put in that cost benefit analysis, because essentially the only way to not fail is to not do. Right. And I can't imagine there's a lot of people that would be particularly comfortable never advancing as a person in their life or just feeling joy because I think a lot of the things that we try that are new if the only thing that's holding you back is the fear of potentially messing up it's probably something that could yield a lot of benefits to do yeah absolutely um I would also say that fearlessness is not a virtue um no so, so and I say that just because like it's often presented as as such that like if you feel fear that you're somehow deficient or weak or um and i'm also thinking specifically about men in this um that like there's just like this energy of oh like i ain't scared i'm not scared of nothing 
which that that's not a virtue like that doesn't make you stronger actually it's also uh, super foolish because like right. please be scared of some things because right like that's how we don't die right <laughs> um but yeah it's, it's not a virtue it's not something to be heralded as like a gold standard fearlessness so um let's stop telling that lie essentially um but sometimes you just need to do things scared as evidenced by my snorkeling adventure. Um, but the other thing I wanted to just like note quickly, and maybe this might come up again in a later episode is that um, I think a lot of people who really struggle um, with facing failure are people who were formerly high achieving kids. And, um, you know, I think it's like, when you're used to a certain level of success or achievement, and then all of a sudden you enter the real world or you're faced with new environments and you aren't doing as well as you thought you did, your sense of self can really take a hit. Um, and so I just wanted to sort of call that out and because um, I think it's a lot, something that a lot of people struggle with. And, um, but yeah, it's sometimes you just have to do things scared and we have to figure out how we can recover from those moments of failure. And, you know, as Mr. C said, um, you know, failure is an event, not a person. And so I think that's a really good thing to remind ourselves of as we engage with life and all of the challenges that come with that. I don't appreciate you targeting me in that way. Hmm. You make a good point. Hmm. Yeah, it's Um, real. Right, like I will, and I'll also, you know, jokes aside, co-sign that as someone who falls into that category mm-hmm. and also kind of add a side note of that. It's okay if it's something you always struggle with. Yeah. Um, I probably always will, right? If this mm-hmm. idea of like, it's actually, and it's funny because I think it manifests itself in various ways. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like, I can deal with my own oh that didn't work out but like I don't want to tell a single person mm-hmm. um, and so it usually comes out in that I just won't share anything I'm doing with mm-hmm. anyone um, which has its pros and cons but I think right. it's also just managing like what are your cues mm-hmm. that you're you know getting into that trap of being fearful of failure and what would actually benefit you in that moment sometimes it's getting into the fear and kind of holding back and saying okay I need a little bit of a time out um, and some of times it's like, you know what, I'm going to ignore my fear and I'm going to do this thing, like let someone in or, mm-hmm. you know, take the risk anyway, mm-hmm. despite the fact that I'm scared. And so I think full circle just goes back to that idea of just really understanding your stuff mm-hmm. and asking yourself what you need. Um, and that all comes from, like I said, just really a lot of self-awareness because yep. that is real. The struggle is real. Drill has targeted me in a very passive aggressive way, but he has made a good point. So we'll allow it. I was also speaking of myself and all the other people who have. Uh, well, I felt targeted. That... So it's fine. It's about me. Yes. Um, and, you know, to anyone else who also felt targeted by any of our comments, there's probably a reason for that too Mm -hmm. just throw that out there yeah anything we said just like really like oh stung maybe that's a good place to start yeah in terms of where you want to start looking at in order to gain some of that self-awareness to figure out like is it something that genuinely doesn't feel right to do or is it something that you're just scared of yeah so on that note 
go do something new today, which is harder than normal in a pandemic, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just whatever you can find. That Take feels a little risk. New, a little risk and exciting. Um, going out without a mask is not something that you should do in case anyone was wondering. That's not a risk you should take, but a safe COVID conscious risk. Just try it. Start small. It's another mm-hmm. good way to do it. If it's something that feels really daunting, start mm-hmm. small and work your way up. Right. Um, and we hope that you will join us next time and that this is not something that feels like a risk, right? At the very least. You had a nice podcast episode that felt very calm and risk-free, and now you're ready to take on more actual risky things, right? That was that was nice, right? Hopefully nobody feels like that they're taking a risk by listening to this podcast. Right. Sorry right. to assume if you do, but if you do, great. This is your small risk of the day. There you go. Um, if you want to share your small risk of the day, week, month, year, whatever, you can reach out to us on social media at... Wellness NYC. Feel free to leave a rating and review if you like the episode. Share with a friend if you feel so inclined. And we hope you will tune in next time. Bye.